Why, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're with us. And we're in the middle of a mini-series with Brother Stuart Crouch from Houston, Texas, called Training for Godliness. I hope you were able to listen to the first part of this mini-series last week. And if you didn't, I would encourage you to pause this, go back and listen to that one where we spend a lot of the episode building a foundation for training. And then we talked about the first part of Training for Godliness, which is Bible reading. Now, today we're going to talk about Bible study, and Stuart is going to help us differentiate between reading and study, and then we'll talk about prayer. And I think you'll really be encouraged by this conversation. So, let's jump right back into it, shall we? You know, I I think this may be a good segue where you're now studying the Bible. You're you're more than just reading it. And um, in your, your notes here, I see that that's the second training or, uh, I guess, sort of discipline. Second thing we need to practice. Right, is Bible reading and then Bible study. And uh, maybe could you take a minute to explain the difference there? Because some people might might say, well, isn't that kind of the same thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, They are closely related, and I think they do go hand in hand. But whenever I was talking about the fact that people read a chapter and maybe they don't understand what's going on there and they keep reading because they're trying to accomplish a goal, Bible study comes into play whenever you read a chapter or a section or maybe a word, whatever it may be, and you actually take the time to figure out what it's talking about. And so there's several things that that we may do uh, as you know, Bible students. And I, I think all of us are called to be Bible students as well as Bible readers, uh, is we take a portion of text and, and maybe it's a chapter, maybe it's a section of a chapter, whatever it may be. And we try to learn everything we can about that section. So we may try to learn about the people or the characters in that section or the places. If it's like a a letter Paul wrote to one of the churches. We might try to figure out more about that city where the church is located or the the area or whatever it might be. Uh, we might l- try to learn about the concepts that are mentioned in that passage and how we can apply these things to our life in various ways and in different settings. Mm-hmm. And so when those situations or settings arise, we're prepared to apply the teaching that we've read and studied to those situations um, because we okay. thought about it ahead of time. So Bible study is, is very important. What if I'm not a preacher? What if I'm not a teacher? It seems like, like what if my Bible studies, I mean, do I have to have like a, a goal or do I have to have, you know, like a, some sort of a study coming up where I present it? Why, why would I study the Bible if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't one of those roles, because, you know, out of 100 people, only maybe five or 10 are actually going to be saying something about the Bible publicly. So why, if I'm not one of those five, why would I, why would I do this? I, I think the reason why you do it is, is one, so you can teach others. 
I think that's important, whether you're a preacher or evangelist or whatever, pulpit preacher or teacher, whatever it may be, it's important for us to have the ability to teach others. Uh, and also, you know, just learning how to properly apply the Bible and to not take the Bible out of context. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can do that at times. Uh, I'm, you've made that video about you trying to dunk from Philippians 4. Uh, people take that verse out of context all the time. And and maybe if people had taken the time to study what was on either side of that verse and what the context was and things of that nature, then things like that wouldn't happen. Okay. And, and even for, you know, what if I don't have a lot of resources? What if I, I don't have a commentary set? Or what if I don't have a, like, how, how would I, how would I, I guess, get started if I've never done this before? Well, I, I don't think there definitely is situations where you might want to look at a uh, commentary, but the Bible is not written just for theologians and, you know, people with doctorates and preachers. It's written for the common person as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bible is understandable. And I've always kind of taken the theory that, the main things are the plain things. And <laughs> I like that. Uh, you know, the, the Bible is great in that whatever level of study or learning that you are intending to do, whether you are, you know, studying to write a commentary yourself or you are, you know, you're in some kind of seminary school and you're trying to write this big, long essay or if you are just an, an everyday person, you just kind of want to study the Bible to understand God's will, whatever level of study you want to do, the Bible can provide that level of study uh, by itself, stand alone. Okay. Um, so then I guess I would, if I'm feeling a little bit more motivated now, let's say me, maybe I'm not a preacher or a teacher, but you're, you've now kind of called me out uh, that Maybe I've been trying to put that on them in ways that now I see I should be doing it myself. How would I go about studying the Bible? If all I've ever done is read it, what do you recommend for me to, how do I get started? Well, there's a a few things that I do. First off, before I even look at any commentary is I try to understand context. And I think that's absolutely important. And Nine times out of 10, if you kind of lay out the context of the verse, you can figure it out pretty easily. What's a context? Yes. So it's it's what's going on uh, before and after the section of verse you're studying. So you're trying to get the layout of in what, why is this said? Is it, you know, maybe we're looking at, you know, sometimes you can just look at the little subheadings that you have uh, uh, in the Bible, you know, what's being talked about there. But you want to understand what's going on before, you know, the the verse in question is said. And then you kind of want to see what happens afterwards. Uh, you want to look at the characters. Who Who is it being said to? Uh, so if Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, well, who are the Pharisees? So let, let's try to understand who the Pharisees were. Let's kind of understand what the Pharisees' issues were and why Jesus would be saying these things to them. 
so you study the characters. Uh, sometimes uh, a study of the city, uh, like if in the book of Ephesians, you might study Ephesus and see kind of what the issues were in Ephesus and why Paul would be saying some of the things he did to the Ephesians. There's all sorts of tricks that you can use. And you can look at characters, places, uh, the things on either side of the verse. All these things are helpful in your Bible study. Before you even go to a commentary, I would advise doing those sorts of things. It sounds like a lot of work. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Why do I have to do all this work? (laughs) Because we understand that, that this is God's word. And we understand that this is him trying to speak to us. This is him trying to say something to us. And so whenever we have that in mind, you know, if if me and you had a relationship to where every time I tried to talk to you, you ignored me, or, or maybe you'd say, oh, no, it's just too hard to talk to you sometimes. Sometimes it's too difficult to talk to you. Our relationship would probably not be very strong. Ah, and, okay. And so whenever whenever God is, you know, trying to make this as easy as possible for us, he wrote down a book uh, <laughs> that's accessible on any device. Uh, he's trying to speak to you. He's trying to tell you something. He's trying to teach you something. And if you're saying, you know what, sometimes it's a little bit too hard to understand what you're trying to say. Or, uh, you know what, I don't have time to listen to what you have to say right now. I, I need to wait until I have a more convenient time because I just have a lot going on. Uh, our relationship with God is not going to be what it ought to be in the same way. Well, that gives me that gives me chills when you said that phrase, a more convenient time, because the Bible even talks about people who, who use that phrase. They, you know, uh, in the book of Acts, there were those who, who wanted... Um, they they understood Paul's message, but they were waiting for a more convenient season, and mm-hmm. uh, the more convenient season's never going to come, is it? No, no, it's not. Uh, people put things off and put things off, and they say someday, someday, someday I'm going to study the Bible, uh, and a lot of times that someday doesn't come. Right, right, right. Same with training. I mean, I, I think about any of the things I've trained for, and. Uh, the deadline's coming, and if I'm not training, it, like the body's not going to train itself. So, uh, thank you. I, I kind of put you on the spot with some of those questions about how how we study and what is context, and, and you answer that very well. And talking about uh, the before and after, about the the history of of what's going on there. You have in your notes as well, we might look at similar passages. We might study certain people or places. You also talk about finding application. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're ready to talk about it yet. Are you ready to talk about your podcast and what no, you're hoping to? No, I, it, it's not launched yet, but okay, <laughs> I, I can tell you the premise and what it's called. Uh, it's, it's called Real Biblical Application. And basically, the idea is we are going to take verses or sections of verses, uh, you know, that maybe seem difficult to apply to our lives and try to make some real life application to our life. Because sometimes there is a disconnect in our life whenever we we read something. Maybe we read something about idolatry and we're like, you know what? I, I don't live in a Hindu culture or anything like that. I don't really 
struggle with uh, idolatry around me. So I can't see how this would apply to my life in any way. Uh, so, so we're going to be taking verses and just figuring out ways that we can apply it to our lives. Well, I'm excited for it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting it in the, the ears of our listeners. Is there, there's going to be another excellent uh, study opportunity with that podcast. And I won't ask you when it's coming out. That way you're not put on a long, <laughs> some sort of long-term uh, goal <laughs> since <laughs> well, it, it will be short term it'll probably be sometime in the next couple months so oh, okay I'll, I'll let you know whenever it's out um you were asking me you know why we have to study and i want to kind of bring up a verse uh that another instruction that paul gave timothy in second timothy two fifteen. okay where Paul told Timothy to be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handing, handling the word of truth. And actually, in, in some translations where it says be diligent in the beginning, uh, some translations will say to study, to present yourself approved. So th the idea is that study is something that is necessary in, in our life. And he gives the reason here is so you don't need to be ashamed and that you can accurately handle the word of truth. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something necessary in all our lives. We can lead people astray pretty easily by, by misquoting a verse out of context. You know, uh, you say, it's funny, it's almost ironic that you say, as we take it out of context, and then I'm about to possibly take something out of context, but uh, <laughs> I'll go ahead and do it anyway. Um <laughs> The word diligent in the Old Testament, so this is the Hebrew of the word that's been translated into the English diligent. Um, it means to wet or sharpen like a knife. And the scripture I'm thinking about in Deuteronomy is about raising your children and, and being diligent to, to make sure they're raised. And I think the spirit is the same, even though it's two different languages. But the idea is that like, what happens to a knife when it's used, it gets dull. And so it has to be sharpened. Like you have to use the whetstone or, you know, in modern times we have knife sharpeners, but um, you had to use the whetstone in order to keep it sharp. And whether the application be with raising your kids or here in second Timothy two about studying the Bible, uh, it seems like the instrument of the mind has to be sharpened. And if it's not sharpened, then the instrument itself is is not going to be able to to maybe jump into the word as efficiently as it, as the one who is effectively using their mind and studying the Bible in a consistent way. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I just wanted to maybe add some flavor to that, that part of studying the Bible, that diligence is about having a sharp mind and you've got to keep it sharp to use it properly. Right. We not only, you know, consistent Bible reading, uh, it helps with our stamina and reading, uh, for one, but also our understanding and reading. Uh, you know, whenever we're reading through the Bible and we've been reading and we've been, you know, uh, coming across certain topics and we've been studying it, as we kind of grow and as we, uh, read more, we are going to be able to gain more from the things that we read in the future. 
because mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. effort and training and practice that we've done in the past. And so yeah. that's absolutely right. Yeah. Well, we've talked about Bible study uh, as well as Bible reading, trying to differentiate the two. And, and I'm sure our listeners are motivated about Bible reading, Bible study, but that's uh, two of, and, and you have three in your study. I'm sure there's more, but let's, let's talk about this third one where you're calling it practicing prayer. And uh, so prayer is obviously very important and we need to pray to plug in, but you're, uh, I like the way you call it that we need to practice prayer. Why don't, why don't you spend some time talking about that? Yeah, I, I think prayer is another thing. You know, we can go through lulls in our life where, you know, we're not praying as much as we should. And one of the ways that has helped me, um, you, the best times in my life when I've been best at prayer have been times when I've been consistent at it. And so I think it's the same as Bible reading or Bible study. Uh, if we don't do it a lot, then we're not going to have a good prayer life. Yeah. Uh, and prayer is the other side of that communication coin. So if we're trying to build a, a life where we have a good relationship with God, then we can't take in his word and then not talk back to him. I think that's important. It's communication is a two-way street. And if we're only, you know, take it in one way, then we're still not going to have uh, the relationship that we need to have with God. And so it's important that we pray. It's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just kind of like the, what I said earlier, where if, Every time I talk to you, you thought it was inconvenient or you didn't respond. Our relationship wouldn't be good. Likewise, if you spoke to me and I never responded, that relationship would also stagnate. So it's a two-way, two-way uh, street there. I think about in the book of James, chapter 4, it's such a simple scripture. Uh, what did you say earlier that the, the simple stuff was the most important stuff? The, the, what was the main, your quote? The main things are the plain things. There you go. I like that. The main things are the plain things. And uh, here's a plain scripture in James 4. Um, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And I kind of had an epiphany of that a few weeks ago about how I was, I'm wanting this closer connection to God. I'm wanting to have this genuine, authentic experience. And yet, um, you know, James has kind of given me the recipe for it, to draw nearer to God, mm-hmm. and you'll find that he's drawing nearer to you. But when you move away from God and your prayer life is cold and dead, uh, don't expect to have this amazing connection with the Father. And uh, so you've got some bullet points or some, you know, dashes there where it talks about ways that we could perhaps draw near to God through this, this communicative two-way street. Can you take some time to encourage our listeners in their prayer life? Yeah. Um, a lot of times whenever we pray, uh, it's in thankfulness to God. We thank God for our food. Uh, things of that nature. But 
oftentimes we aren't talking to him as plainly as we would, you know, like me and you are right now. Uh, right. Whenever we communicate with God, we have to understand that God is a person who a, a deity uh, who has emotion, who has has feelings and we talk to him like we would talk to someone else reverently, of course. But I think some things that we can do is we can share with him our goals. You know, mm-hmm. we can tell God that, you know, I want to get better at Bible reading. I, I want to grow in this aspect. I, I want to be more patient. I want to be, uh, you know, so on and so forth. We share with goal. We share goals with him. I think we should share our accomplishments with him. And these are just things that maybe we don't, generally pray to God. We don't often just say, hey, God, this is my goal, or hey, God, look what uh, I was able to accomplish because of you. Um, we don't often share with God our defeats. You know, God, I, I, I was out today and I said a, a white lie. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I need to get better at that. We, we don't often share with him our defeats, not even not just spiritually, but also, you know, like, hey, I lost my job today. Uh, mm, mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. to him about defeats in that way aspect as well. Things that we're struggling with. Uh, areas where we're fighting temptation. Uh, so sometimes these aren't pleasant things to come out of our mouth. mouth but I'm sure you, uh, who's kind of had a background with psychology and studying it, uh, I'm sure you could probably give some good advice that maybe maybe voicing things like that, just owning up to it and voicing it are probably good things for not only our our uh, spiritual health, but I think it's probably also good for our mental health. Oh, man, you're going to go down the rabbit hole with me on that one. <laughs> I, I don't mind rabbit holes. I, I particularly live in rabbit holes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say this. I really believe there is a strong connection from when we repress talking about those things that you're going to find that uh, it will manifest itself in one way or another. So if you have guilt or shame or uh, anxiety or whatever it is that, that you're repressing and you're saying, I can't let others know, I can't let God know, uh, I'm just going to hold on to it and I'm going to tough, I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to get through this and and I'll get on the other side and I'll be stronger just by, you know, my own willpower. A couple mm-hmm. things. First, it's going to manifest itself oftentimes physically. And this is where uh, a lot of stress weight comes on people. This is where panic attacks can come on people. This is where anger or depression will start to form because me- you you are mentally uh, just cooking your mind and when you could have let it go. And so there's such sweet peace and relief whenever we are vulnerable. And, and I mean, we're supposed to be a people who confess. James chapter 5 talks about uh, that we're supposed to confess our faults one to another, and I don't think that's talking about just after the invitation song. This is we, we Of all people in the world, Christians should be the one who are most comfortable with saying, I need help. And yet, so often we're the ones that are the hardest to, because we want to, we want others to think we've got our lives together. So yeah, the, there, there's one thing I would say, here's another thing Colossians, I believe it's chapter two talks about will worship and how people, um, 
especially the, the believers there were struggling with will worship. And that idea of, I have an iron will, I can do this all on my own, look at me, be careful, because you may be creating a false idol of yourself and thinking that you're capable of uh, handling life on your own when clearly God told us we're not. And Jesus said that, cast all your cares on me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We're not supposed to be able to do it all. And Western rugged individualism. Now, listen, I'm not making it political. If you want to know my politics, fine. We could talk about it personally. (laughs) But what I'm saying is this Western rugged individualism is so, like the extreme version of it, is so opposite to that communal Christian experience where, yes, no one can train me but me. I get that. But part of this the blessings of being in Christ is that I'm not the only one training and that there's going to be you and others. There's the members of my home congregation. There's my, uh, my family, there's my friend, like all these people are also training. We're running the race together. And man, when we say I'm going to do it all myself, we're setting ourselves up as an idol in our heart. So (laughs) there's my soapbox moment. I guess I get carried away with it. And now we understand why it's important to apply idolatry verses to our life. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was actually thinking about that earlier. I was like, no, I won't say it because <laughs> I'll go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> no, you are absolutely right. And we, especially as males, we have this tendency to have this uh, outward facade that everything is together and in place. Everything's okay. Uh and a lot of times we don't own up to the fact that inside things are starting to crumble yeah, and fall apart. And, you know, we, we don't tell people, maybe we don't even pray to God about that. I think that's the whole point is, you know, in Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, God is said to be the God of all comfort. Mm-hmm. He, he is the one who is able to comfort us. And, and he's also, uh, according to uh Psalm 41, he's the one who can pull you out of the pit of despair uh, in your life. And so what better way to improve your life spiritually or physically, even at times? He hasn't promised us, you know, health or wealth or, you know, that we're going to be shielded from tragedy in any way. But we do know that, that God is the one who has the ability to deliver us from those situations better than than anyone. Amen. Amen. So, well said. So he's the one we need to talk to uh, consistently in our life. And it doesn't have to be, you know, down on your knees with your eyes closed. I, I think that's a reverent position to do that, but I don't think it's a necessary position. So a, a lot of times I will, I'll be driving and I don't, I don't get on my knees and, and close my eyes while I'm driving, but I, I will just kind of, think my thoughts, you know, I'll pray to God in my head and say, God, I'm about to go into this study or I'm about to, or I'm dealing with this in my life. And I really want you to help me in this situation. Uh, mm. And it, I think the, the times that I've been best in prayer are times when I'm having these little, I call them micro prayers, where I'm just having times like that, that immediately whenever something comes up in my life 
I, instead of just, you know, trying to handle it myself or, or running to my best friend, I, I have this prayer with God first, because like I said, who, who's in a better situation to help you in whatever situation you are, you're in. I like that. I like it. And I think that's a great place to, uh, wrap up this conversation by motivating people. I like this idea of micro prayer of just casting your, your cares and your burdens on God. And it, you, there is a formality to prayer like you. I, I prefer maybe a reverent position, but that doesn't mean I have to. And when I'm on the way going somewhere to take that time to talk with God is just as valuable. So uh, we've talked about uh, training for godliness and you've motivated our listeners that uh, training takes time. It's not going to be achieved overnight, and we're not reaching this state of perfection where we stop training, but we're going to keep going. And you did it uh, by talking about Bible reading, Bible study, and practicing prayer. So as we wrap up, brother, is there a, maybe a, a final word you'd like to say to our listeners? Uh, I think I've, I've talked quite a bit, but I, I will just point out that we are told to pray without ceasing. Um, and I think that that speaks to having a consistent prayer life more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, if we want to have the, the best you know, possible Christian life that we can, we need to apply uh, the communication two-way street. We are intaking and we are also uh, speaking to God back as well. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me. And I, you know, God bless you and your work down in Houston in the upcoming podcast on practical applications. And uh, I don't think I got your title right, but um, on real biblical applications. There you go. Real biblical applications. And uh, your, your ministry is one that I have enjoyed as you've transitioned from one place to the next in your growth. So God bless you and your work. And I look forward to all the good things you have to offer the kingdom. All right. God bless you as well. I am indeed thankful to Brother Stewart for coming on via Zencaster. And uh, even though we weren't face to face, it, you know, and it takes a minute maybe to get things going as far as a conversation goes whenever you can't see each other. Stewart was a really good team player, jumped right in, and uh, we had a really nice conversation. I was very thankful for him. Stuart, I am thankful for your work, and I hope people will check out the resources that I know that you're going to put out there. Thank you, brother. Now, everybody else, uh, there should be some new content. I'm trying my best to get this podcast where it is going to be weekly. Uh, 2021 was a very challenging year for me. 2022 will also be a very challenging year, but I have a, I'm in a better place mentally and emotionally, so I hope that uh, I'll be able to get some of this stuff out to you. Go to the website. Check out the free stuff that's there to download and use. It's a new year. Get those Bible studies going. You can use the Redemption Series, Bible Series, Church Series, three workbooks that I have. I also have uh, Let's Talk About Jesus, a Bible study workbook for people that are learning English. And uh, so you can use these for people who um, are in your life, and I challenge you to go there and download free copies of those and get busy using them today. So, Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much. I do too. Lord willing, see you soon.